Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. In this episode, Mick Arbane sits in as guest to look back at his time with campus security at Loris College. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I'm pleased to welcome my co-host, Bobby Earls, Director of Alumni Communications. Bobby, welcome back. Thank you, Robert. We are going to learn a lot from today's guest. A lot more information <laughs> about campus than most yes, people are, are aware of. So that's because joining us is our featured guest, Mick Urbane. Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. It's great to be back here because I retired. It'll be two years in July. I was just going to say, it's hard to believe it's been two years since your retirement. And we need to almost rewind a little bit and remind individuals of when you started at Loris. And of course, all of our more recent graduates know you by name, as well as by face, as well as by your voice, because you were always booming and saying hello to everyone on campus. So Tell us a little bit about your career before Loris and then coming to campus in 2002. Okay. Well, I'll start by saying when I retired from Loris here, that's the third time I retired. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was with Trust Joyce Corporation. Okay. We built long-span rafters. In fact, we put the dome on the University of Idaho. Wow. That big. I was there 20 years. I was a production manager, and I was in Los Angeles, California. Okay. So I retired there in 20 years because they had 20 and out then. Okay. Then I started my own insurance business because I was too young to not do anything. That's so I right. had that for 20 years. And my sons and daughters, they loved it and they're into it. Mm-hmm. My daughter worked for a large insurance company out of Kansas City, and then she was a manager for them over in Chicago. And she came back here to Dubuque and joined us. So my two sons and my daughter-in-law and my daughter, they're all in the insurance business out there and my agency. So I... I left it after 20 years, and I was just going to start taking it a little bit easy. My wife and I, but I needed something to do. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I always had a chauffeur's license, so I drove a little bit of truck for Roger Simon out of Farley. I drove semi, and I hauled a bunch of cats and backhoes and so on uh, up to Michigan and kind of all over the United States. But I got a little tired of that, but uh, I knew uh, Sheriff Leo Kennedy good because, and his wife Helen had worked here at that time, because I worked for the Dubuque County Sheriff's Department as a special deputy for 18 years. So I worked all over the county and hired out in different places to work there. So I was looking for something to do, and they had an ad in the paper for part-time up at Loris. So Leo had said, you ought to try that. So I want to come up here, and I talked to... There was no director at that time. Mm -hmm. I talked to to Edie at that time. Or not Edie, but... uh, uh, I'm not even sure who I talked to anymore. (laughs) But Oh, Clem Walsh. Kim was the acting director then. And uh, she said, well, the part-time job's full, but there is a full-time job. Because I only come up here to work part-time just for, you know, maybe a couple years. But at any rate, I said, well, I'll take the full-time job. And then when a part-time job opens up, I'll just go part-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stayed working full-time then for 16 years. Yes. <laughs> I started uh, November the 1st, 2002 mm-hmm. is when I started. And so everyone, but, and talk a little bit for those that maybe were here before you arrived in 2002. 
you worked in campus safety and security, and that involves more than just keeping everyone safe on campus. You really invested yourself with the lives of our students and staff and faculty. Well, I did. I guess I, I in the business I grew up in, I grew up with my parents. We were around people all the time. I was in, we had a gas station, a grocery store, mechanic shop, welding shop. We dealt with people all the time and always liked to talk to people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. But when I started here, and I did that when I worked for the Sheriff's Department also, my number one goal here always was everybody's safety. That's mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the violations, the alcohol, all those things are secondary to being safe. That was something that I looked for all the time, every time when I was here. But the one thing that I really wanted and I enjoyed, enjoyed so much working with the college students, and I worked with other students in the past, but at any rate, was the one thing I really wanted them to have. I wanted them to behave, mm -hmm. but I wanted them to enjoy their college life. Mm -hmm. And like I told so many of them over the years, so many times, they said, what do you want to be remembered as? Is all I want to be remembered as, he was not a bad guy. You know, that's <laughs> all I want to be remembered as. Mission accomplished. But I, but I wanted to treat everybody fairly. I don't care whether it's a student or whether it's faculty. I always tried to treat everybody the same. You know, if you were a good friend of mine, you were going to get a parking ticket if you were parked where you shouldn't be. In fact, I'm the one that gave Cheryl Jacobson one here. <laughs> I gave boast. Tom Talkie a ticket. Oh, no. <laughs> and he took, actually took it to the business office to pay it. Aww. But it didn't make any difference who you were. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed working with the students so much. And they treated me like a student. Now, something I've done over the years is I went on a lot of service trips. I've been on 13 service trips, which means I've traveled with an awful lot of students. Mm -hmm. And I've always told the students when we traveled on trips, we're on a service trip here. I can't talk about security. There's certain things that I can't talk about. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them to know that before we left. But I made nine trips to, uh, to Kentucky. And that was very special because down there in the poverty-stricken areas, we put roofs on, we put uh, siding on, windows in, doors in, concrete work. Was to being able to show the students how to do that kind of work because most of them had no idea how to even use a hammer. Mm -hmm. So it was just great experience, and I just, I just loved doing that, is getting them started and then letting them work. Mm -hmm. Now, I went to Honduras three times, and I really enjoyed it over there too. But the last time I went to Honduras was kind of special. I thought there was there were 16 of us that went. Mm -hmm. And uh, Father Johnson went with me. I went to his house and got him to go because when Colleen Cool said, we want you to go this time because nobody else could go, that there'd be uh, the 14 girls and no guys. So I said, well, I got to get another guy. So I got Father. <laughs> but while we were down there, the girls put a roof on a building down there 150 feet long, 40 feet wide, 12 feet high, a metal roof, 90 degrees mm. in the heat in Honduras. And I have many tapes of that to see how special that was to watch all these students join together and to put that roof on. It's just incredible. And over the years, I've made so many friends from these service trips. I still get emails today in Texas from students that I traveled with in 2004. That's wonderful. And that is so special mm -hmm. to me. It really is. Well, that speaks 
to the character you have, Mick, and the relationships that you built with students, so much so that I remember at least two classes invited you to be their guest speaker at their senior dinner. The 2006 one was really special because I started in 2002. You started with them. And I went all four years with those. Mm -hmm. And when they asked me to be their final speaker at their dinner, that was really, really special. Mm. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. But the other thing that I thought was so good from a student is when I got the Employee of the Year Award, mm-hmm. I was nominated by a student. Yes, hmm. you were. Carolyn Winberg. And I thought that's pretty special because it was a student yeah. that nominated me and wrote up the nominations. That's pretty special mm-hmm. to me. As you look back at your time at Loris, you mentioned, I came here because I was going to work for a couple of years just to keep myself busy. 16 years later, you had another career here yeah, at Loris. I did. Talk about what kept you here and what is so special about Loris. Well, obviously it's the people, but the students. For me, it was they could have kept the pay. It was the students. I look forward every single day to getting out of bed and to get in here and to be around these students and try to do and volunteer as much as I could, anywhere I could, with any of these students. I have helped students that needed financial assistance to travel abroad, Mm -hmm. which was my choice to do that. But the one thing that was always important to me, I give a lot of guitar lessons, you know, and I've taught a lot of the students guitars. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that, and again, even back in the service trips, the one thing, policy that I always had, no student ever came into my house alone. Mm-hmm. I would not allow any students in my house and alone. I have never, in the 16 years that I've been here, ever went into a resident hall or a home that a student had because they'd have parties from uh, service trips and they'd always invite me and I refused to go in with the students so we always had it on common ground here. Mm-hmm. That was just something that I felt was important to sure. do. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Sure. And I'm glad I'd done that and I was given a lot of credit from the students for understanding that. They'd always move it here then. Mm-hmm. But uh, that again was something else, Bobby, that I really enjoyed was the guitar lessons. I was just going to say that you really, you're quite talented, and that's a gift that not many people know about. Well, when I, uh, I've had 30-some from Loris College that I worked with, but uh, one that was good to me is when I won that Mm $5,000, I gave that back, you know, Mm -hmm. and I bought the guitar and the case and the various items and took them up to the international office and gave them there and then gave money to the chapel and so on, but the $5,000 that I won, I wanted to give that back, but I wanted to give it back to make sure that the students got it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else, the students. And that's what I deal with it. But I also told them that I would provide guitar lessons. I've been playing music since I was nine years old. Aww. I had a band when I was 15, 16, 17. We used to play wedding receptions, and I played the accordion then, which was something that they don't play anymore, but I still have it and play it at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But I play the... Uh, electric guitar, the acoustic, and, and uh, the uh, bass guitar. I play the ukulele, I teach ukulele, and then the accordion, and then I have a mountain dulcimer that wow. I have, and my keyboard, 
and my piano. So I have a lot of instruments, as most people from Loris. Mm-hmm. In fact, one lady who just called me recently since she retired wants to come, but I can't with the virus, is uh, Diane Gibson. Right. She's. Mm-hmm. I did send her out to get the guitar and stuff like that that she needs, but I will continue that on from anybody from Loris College. Mm-hmm. Loris College is just part of my life. I went to high school here. Hmm. I was going to say, yeah, and you a... also have a connection with your son. Yeah. He graduated right. from Loris. Rick. Yeah. Was, my daughter and I too. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. We all love Loris. Yeah. yeah. So in your time here, what 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 is it, you know, when you first started, obviously you're full-time thinking it's going to be, I'm going to go to part-time. Right. Did that ever happen? Or no. did you stay full-time? I, I was only looking for part-time. I really just wanted, but in the same token, my wife became very sick. My wife passed away of cancer mm-hmm. 10 years ago. We thought about maybe even going to Florida, mm-hmm. doing something in the wintertime. So I didn't want to work too much. She worked in our insurance office. But things really changed when, when my wife got real sick. She actually was sick for, for, she had cancer for 20 years, so I was very fortunate mm-hmm. that, uh, that I had her that long and the kids. But when she got real bad and passed away, then life was really changing for me. I actually wasn't going to come back then. But my kids talked me into it, said, you got to do something. So I did come back, and I'm glad that I did. Because then I stayed, mm-hmm. you know, another nine years. But I wasn't going to come back. But it's the students. Like I said, I just, I couldn't wait to get around the students. Sure. And the faculty was wonderful, too. I love the faculty. They treated me so good all the time. Right. And one who has always treated me so good right there is Bobby. Oh. <laughs> she has always been so good to me. Always, She's the first one to talk to me every year when we have homecoming. Because so she's down there. Wow. I, I, like so many others, have been so impacted by you. You challenge us to really invest ourselves in yeah. the students. That's kind of what we're all here for. What advice would you have for prospective students and their families who may be thinking about sending their children to Loris? Well, I think Loris, Loris College is such a happy family, but I, I think for the students, you know, you got to follow your dreams. That's what I believe. You have to follow your dreams. I've done that all my life, and, and I've been able to succeed in that. Occasionally they'll change, but it's a new dream. But I think you just, you try to be good, try to treat other people like you want to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and the one saying my dad said years ago, and I never forgot, and I've always tried to do that, if you can bring sunshine into somebody else's life, you cannot keep it from yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. I really believe that. Amen to So that. I always try to smile and try to make somebody's day a better day if they were having a bad day. Because it helped me. I can tell you, Mick, on behalf of everybody on campus, you always made our day. I knew <laughs> that if I saw you walking down yeah. any sidewalk, that you would yell my name oh, yeah. out. Yeah. So I always tried to beat yeah. you, but huh? you always made sure yeah. that everyone felt welcomed on campus. Visitors, students, staff and faculty. And for that, we yeah. are so appreciative. And I, and I think I learned a lot of that from my mother. She was yeah. that way. And she hugged everybody like I did. Aww. <laughs> 
When the virus is over, you owe me one. I'm <laughs> totally going to give you a big hug. You can count on that, Mick. You it's can all count on that. Because so, I'll keep coming to Loris. I know you will. I, I will come here as long as I can walk. Yeah. And but just, I am enjoying my retirement. I'm doing a lot of traveling. Good. I've been going to in the wintertime to uh, Arizona, mm -hmm. California, Florida. And uh, I might even go this March. I'm going to Florida this uh, this winter again, but I'm, I might go back to Hawaii again in March. Oh, that's So great. I'm taking some time on myself and, and getting away. But I still have a lot of music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Scott Strand, his wife, Julie. Yes. She's been with me for eight years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Beth Bergemeyer's husband, Jeff, he's been with me for seven years. Oh, my goodness. And I taught all these people how mm -hmm. to play. Mm -hmm. But I have a band now. We call ourselves the Country Strummers. Hmm. And we play at all the nursing homes. We want to take care of the residents in the nursing homes. In fact, this would be our, our eighth year. Every year we play at these nursing homes to try to bring some joy into some of the nursing home people because a lot of them people don't get to, they don't even have families. Mm -hmm. So we try to bring some joy in there and we take up cookies and, and we go up there and we all go up there and sing songs. I've got the microphone set up and we go around and try to make them sing. That has been a huge success for us. We get calls from Stonehill and Luther and Hawkeye and all of them every year to make sure that we come back yes. because they enjoy it so much. And it isn't about money because we don't we won't charge. And they always want to pay us, but we won't. Mm. You know, that's something that we really, really look forward to. Sounds like we might have another podcast in yeah. the making here with the country strummers. <laughs> well, like I said, I've been I do occasionally play out once in a while. In fact, Dan Willis played with us for a while, too. Mm -hmm. But then in the summertime, we have a country show that we put on. We have three, three programs that we have. We've got a Christmas program. We've got an old-time country program, and we've got a modern country program. Mm -hmm. So, But with the group that we have, uh, we'll play with seven of them. In fact, two kids even play with us now. Do you know Don Hirsch over at the custodial? Yes. Her two kids. Oh. I taught her two mm -hmm. kids. And they're 8 and 11. And they actually played with us. And the 8-year-old the sings. Hmm. She sings solo. Wow. What a beautiful voice. So I taught him how to play guitar. And then her son, who's 11, I also taught him how to play bass guitar. So they like to play with us. So we play with us oh. in the band. So. That's great. It's just fun. So yeah. Well, your, your impact and influence continues beyond <laughs> retirement. Mick, thank uh, you just, so much for coming back bet. to campus and sharing a little piece of your story you with us. I did have a question, though, first. You so, so you mentioned your band. Yep. You started a band when you were, what, 14, 15, 16? Yeah, well, did I you was have about a, 16. Did you have a name for your band? Mick and the Bobcats. Nice. Mick and Bob and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mick and the Bobcats. That's great. It's just wedding receptions and stuff yeah. like that. But an accordion is something you don't hear much of anymore, mm -hmm. although they are around. Now, I took my accordion down a, on the service trips that I've been to. I've taken my keyboard. I've taken guitars. I've taken uh, my uh, accordion down to the, these places. And then I, took a, I, I played a song down there because on a service trip, after my wife died, we went up to the top of a mountain. And at the top of that mountain, to me, that's where the angels were. And I wrote a song called Miracle on the Mountain, which became a huge song. A lady from the University of Wisconsin came over 
from their music department because she was from Bria, Kentucky. She had heard about it, and it's played on a dulcimer, a mountain dulcimer, and she wanted me to play it and sing it, so she did. So then I was invited down to New Orleans hmm. to play and sing that song called Miracle on a Mountain. But it was written just for my wife. Aww. But it's a, they said it's a, it's a country and western hit song, Miracle on the Mountain, because it tells the story of my trip with the students up the mountain. Hmm. Now, Father Johnson got a copy of that, and he did a homily on it at Christ the King here. And then Carol Overfelt always wanted me to send it in to some outfit that publishes them, you know, because mm -hmm. they like good news. But I didn't do that. Sure. But that was a pretty, uh, a pretty good experience. But it was a, a pretty special song, how that song came to me. And it's exactly like, like it was. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Father, being down there, he just he wanted to do the homily on it. And I thought that was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your wife That's probably cool. had a little influence on she helping did. you. Well, I have a little... Based for my wife there, she's right ahead of my keyboard. Aww. I play my, uh, I play a guitar, and a keyboard every day, every single day, and uh, I have all my wife's stuffs around there because I'm big on the angels, mm -hmm. and I've got 31 angels in my living room, scattered all over the place, so and that's a big deal. And of course, I have an angel up here at uh, Pamela Heiderscheid. Sure. We went to Kentucky together, Aww. and she picked up on the angels, so I went out and bought us each. Glass angels. So she's got one and I got mm. one. And they're identical. So we each know when we see them angels, it takes us back to that trip. Mm -hmm. That's right. Nice. That's right. Yeah. A lot of the faculty I've been in the trips with. Mm -hmm. The one who left a long time ago is Kelly Myers. Oh, He's, yes. Yeah, and then his son, great. I've been with him. Mm -hmm. Zach. But I was with over 200 students that I've traveled with. Wow. Oh. And then I went to, we went to Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, on a, I, that was on the Bright Box. Sure. But that was just a fantastic yeah. experience. Well, so Those, many, so many stories to tell, Mick. Oh, <laughs> there is. And then when you get into the security part of them, Mike Gibson always said we should write a book. <laughs> should absolutely write you a book. should. Because we used to bust them and write them up, and they still want to have their picture taken with you. <laughs> no he, better compliment. He took a lot of them pictures. <laughs> and Roger, you'd think they'd be mad at you. <laughs> but they're not. They know you're looking out well, yeah. for them. Yeah. They right. know you're looking right. out for them. And I and they knew I wanted them to enjoy their college life. Mm -hmm. Whatever they did, I wanted to be part of that. They knew they needed to behave. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted them to enjoy their college life and remember those years. Yeah. And most of them that I worked with did. They do. Because yeah. I still hear from them. Anybody from 2002 yeah. to 2018... Has a Special story. years. <laughs> and even my wife, she knew how much I enjoyed it. Mm. She insisted I go on them trips because I give up Thanksgiving every year. Right, right. Every year. Hmm. What, a, what a special lady. She did. What a special lady. She knew that. Well, Mick, thank you. You bet. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we loved hearing <laughs> your story. It was a pleasure meeting you. It was Aww. nice meeting you and so glad that you could sit in and join us and share your Loris experience with us. Oh, yeah. Just, you could go on forever. <laughs> well, and Bobby, thank you once again for sitting in and doing a great job. 
always, always a pleasure for me. So thank you, Robert. Yeah, and thank you to our producer, Trent Hanselman. And thank you to everyone who listened into our discussion. For more podcasts as well as Loris news and features, be sure to visit the Loris Daily site at daily.loris.edu. You can also find more podcast episodes on iTunes and Spotify, so check them out. We hope you'll join us for the next Dewhawk Digest. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other, and go Dewhawks. Hawks.